News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The death toll from the Wuhan virus rises to 25, but the WHO has yet to declare it an international health emergency. The mainland ramps up travel restrictions and Hong Kong increases health checks in a bid to stem the spread of the virus. And the medical sector lawmaker bemoans the shortage of face masks for sale. Mainland authorities have announced a sharp increase in the number of people infected with a new respiratory virus that's already killed 25. They've confirmed 830 cases and say they're dealing with more than 1,000 suspected cases. Severe travel restrictions have been imposed in many cities across the province of Hubei, which is at the centre of the outbreak. Public transport has been halted and some main roads closed. Jan Renders, a Belgian student living in Wuhan, described the atmosphere. The city is actually very, very quiet right now. It's very empty. But that is also related to the Chinese New Year. I do feel it's, it's more than, than usual. And all the people on the street, for example, the few people you do see, they are wearing masks. There is the Chinese New Year, but then we are thinking, well, we don't know for sure if it will return to normal afterwards. In all, more than 20 million residents have been urged not to travel. The governor of Hubei, Wang Xiaodong, asked residents for their cooperation. The government in Wuhan has made a decision to stop all outbound travel. It was a tough choice. What worries us most is the inconvenience caused to local residents. Although we have taken some countermeasures to alleviate the situation, there are still many difficulties. We aim to exchange temporary inconvenience for long-standing safety. We expect understanding and support from local people. Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Kaki says measures here to prevent the spread of the Wuhan virus are insufficient. He criticised the government for not deploying enough manpower despite pledging every effort to stem the spread of the disease. He also suggested schools shouldn't resume after the Chinese New Year if more cases are confirmed in Hong Kong. Dr Kwok says passengers arriving at all checkpoints should be required to fill out health declaration forms, not just at the airport and the West Kowloon high-speed rail terminus. We have actually requesting 11 measures to the government. They have promised to do one single is to stop events in the West Kowloon. And they half-heartedly conduct the health declaration form in their rapid railway, although we are asking the forms to be conducted in all the borders in Hong Kong. And that is, they're actually not doing so. So far, Hong Kong has two confirmed cases. Japan confirmed its second case this morning in a Wuhan resident who travelled to Tokyo. The government made it mandatory from today for passengers to complete health declaration forms at the West Kowloon high-speed rail terminus. Some passengers said it took only a few minutes to fill, fill them out. Mr Creety, who arrived by train from Guangzhou, said he found the health checks to be swift and stringent. And especially with what's happening, I don't mind filling up anything you, you tell me to do. I can see that they're definitely taking care, they're definitely making sure that every, every passenger is, uh, is coming in through properly, which is good. This passenger, Charlie, who lives in Sunjian and came to Hong Kong for a short stay, says he finds filling out the form simple and quick, but he thinks the health checks at the station could be more stringent. I'm not sure. I feel... Mm, I guess it could be more stringent. Well, they were checking temperatures, which I guess is nice, but like just self-filling out forms. Uh, I'm not sure if there was any doctors on hand. I'm not sure if that's necessary, so... Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it was really stringent, then there'd be doctors here checking all kinds of stuff before you come in. 
Meanwhile, medical sector lawmaker Pierre Chan says the government should share its supply of surgical masks with medical workers to boost morale. He says the shortage of masks in the market means many workers, even himself, are having difficulty getting hold of ones to wear outside of work. Yesterday, the acting chief executive Matthew Cheung said the government had stockpiled three months' worth of supplies. Here's Dr Chan. At least morale will be pushed up a little bit as well. And also it decreased the transmission or infection between the hospital and to the community. Macau has suspended classes of all schools except higher institutions until February the 10th in view of the Wuhan virus. The Education Bureau said schools have been told to arrange for students to continue their learning at home during the extended Chinese New Year holiday. It suggested private tutorial centres follow suit. Macau has two confirmed cases of the virus. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization meeting in Geneva has again decided not to declare a health emergency over the outbreak. The BBC's Imogen Folks is there. Declaring an international health emergency is the WHO's measure of last resort, used for the most serious disease outbreaks, ones which pose a global risk. The WHO believes the coronavirus outbreak is not yet such a risk, but WHO officials insist they are taking it extremely seriously. They want to know much more about where the virus came from, how easily it spreads and how mild or severe its effects might be. All of these will be analysed carefully in the coming days. Hong Thai Travel Services has cancelled all tours to the mainland during the Lunar New Year period. The decision affects around 2,500 people. The travel agency says it stopped mainland tours departing from tomorrow to next Saturday in consideration of the health of its employees and customers. Those affected can have a partial refund or join another tour within the next six months. Wing On Travel has also announced it will cancel tours from tomorrow until February the 15th. To other news, the police have arrested four people in connection with the same syndicate that's alleged to have tested explosives in Chunmun last month. Officers seized a flare gun, three imitation firearms, arrows and other weapons after raiding premises in Jordan, Diamond Hill and Guntong this morning. The three men and one woman aged between 25 and 73 are being detained on suspicion of conspiracy to manufacture explosives, conspiracy to wound with intent and possession of offensive weapons, among other things. Detective Chief Inspector Lo Chung Wong says they believe the suspects plan to use the weapons to cause chaos at protests during the Lunar New Year holidays. We are quite certain that all these suspects we arrested, they're involved in the same syndicate and they have the same intent, which is to cause injury and chaos in probably all the events. But you don't know which event? Well, uh, so far we... The, the, well, this is one of the area we will look at, but so far we don't have the, a very definite answer to which event, but we know they have intent to do so. The Labour Party and the League of Social Democrats are planning a rally in Edinburgh Place on Monday afternoon against what they see as police brutality in handling protests over the past months. Labour Party Chairman Stephen Kwok said he believed police would grant approval as he expected the several thousand people who turn up would be peaceful. Labour Party and League of Social Democrats, in the past we have held uh, many rallies and we have successfully held a peaceful rally. So that I think we can make sure that we can hold the rally peacefully. 
The High Court has dismissed a bid by retired civil servant Kwokchuk Kin to challenge two electoral officers for disqualifying two activists from the 2018 LegCo by-elections. Judge Anderson Chow said Mr Kwok was neither a candidate nor a voter in the two polls. There was also a very substantial delay in his application for leave to apply for a judicial review. Mr Kwok had alleged the two staff committed misconduct in public office, but the judge said only a criminal court could determine that. The disqualified activists, Agnes Chow and Ventuslau, last year won their legal challenges over being barred. Turning overseas, the French President Emmanuel Macron has warned of a resurgence of anti-Semitism. He was speaking at remembrance ceremonies in Israel, marking the liberation of Auschwitz 75 years ago. Germany's President Frank-Walter Steinmeier said his country would always carry the burden of its past. The eternal flame at Yad Vashem does not go out. Germany's responsibility does not expire. We want to live up to our responsibility. By this, dear friends, you should measure us. A study suggests the volcanic eruption of Mount Vesuvius in southern Italy nearly 2,000 years ago created such intense heat that it turned one victim's brain into glass. The eruption in 79 AD killed thousands and covered several ancient Roman settlements in a shroud of volcanic ash, preserving their inhabitants. Scientists found the material in the skull in Herculaneum. The lead researcher is Dr. Pierre Paolo Petronet from the University of Naples. Within the ash, I saw some black, small fragments shining. And I said, what, what is this? So I just went very near, so just to clean and to take one or two of these fragments. And I could see that it was just uh, the remains of the brain. So now we should do the process back to try to liquefy again this material and to see if we can find something more, for instance, like DNA. And British scientists say they've managed to recreate a sound from the voice of a body mummified in the days of ancient Egypt. After lying silent for 3,000 years, a priest called Neziamun has spoken. Here's the BBC's Alan Johnston. Neziamun would have chanted and sung as he performed his priestly rituals. After his death, there would only have been the silence of the grave. But the mummification process preserved much of the body's vocal tract. The researchers scanned it, then reproduced it in a 3D printer. This was attached to an artificial larynx to produce this sound. Not the most alluring note to strike after all those years of silence, but the scientists believe they've accurately reproduced the sound that the old priest's vocal tract would have uttered. To finance news, the Hang Seng Index ended its half-day's trading at 27,949. That's 40 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $44 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.49 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 19 cents. A new study by researchers at Britain's Oxford University suggests that devoted football fans experience such intense levels of physical stress while watching their team that they could be putting themselves at risk of a heart attack. More details from the BBC's Philippa Roxby. Every football fan knows the strong emotions involved in supporting their national team. During Brazil's historic 7-1 semi-final loss to Germany in 2014, the heartbreak of sobbing fans was particularly acute. 
Tests on their saliva, collected before, during and after the match, showed cortisol levels in men's and women's bodies rocketed during the game. Too much of this hormone over time can increase blood pressure and cause weight gain, putting strain on the heart. It can also make people feel they are under attack and behave abnormally. And now with a roundup of today's sports news, here's Atom Jung. We start with tennis. China's Wang Chang has beaten Serena Williams in the third round of the Australian Open. It was a close match that finished 6-4, 6-7, World number one Ashley Barty marched into round four with a straight sets win. The Australian defeated Elena Rebekina of Kazakhstan 6-3, 6-2. Later today, the defending champion Naomi Osaka takes on the American teenager Coco Goff. The reigning men's champion Novak Djokovic plays Japan's Yoshihito Nishioka. Roger Federer has a meeting with the Australian John Millman. Next to football in the English Premier League, where Liverpool's incredible run continues. It's now 22 wins from 23 games for the runaway leaders, though they left it late to beat Wolves 2-1. The BBC's John Murray has more from the Molyneux. Liverpool have come through a severe test here from Nuno Espirito Santos Wolves team and they embrace the two coaches Jurgen Klopp they know they were in a battle here and they won it late again with an 85th minute goal by Roberto Firmino and Liverpool go back 16 points clear with a game in hand 14 consecutive Premier League wins home and away now 40 league matches unbeaten and 67 out of a possible 69 points this season for the team that will surely, it's a matter of time, be champions. Jordan Henderson opened scoring with his sixth goal on the season, his fifth away from home. The Liverpool captain felt his side did enough to win in a tough ground. You know it's going to be difficult here, as we've seen over the season. A good team, you know, they make it work. We had some chances as well, you know, to, to put the game to bed, which I keep seeing over the last couple of weeks. So that's something that we want to improve on and, and kill the game off earlier. But, yeah, short mentality again to keep going and find that, that winning goal. There's been a surprise in the English FA Cup third-round replay. The third-tier side Tramier Rovers defeated Watford from the Premier League 2-1 after extra time. Tramier will be at home to Manchester United in the fourth round. In Spain, Atletico Madrid have been ousted from the Copa del Rey after losing to a lower league opposition in the round of 32. Third division, Cotro Leonesa beat them 2-1 in extra time. It's the earliest Atletico had ever been eliminated in the Copa since Diego Simeone took charge in 2012. And in the NBA, LeBron James has recorded his 10th triple-double of the season, finishing with 27 points, 12 rebounds and 10 assists in the LA Lakers' 128-113 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. LeBron now just 17 points behind Kobe Bryant for third place on the all-time scoring list. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news and sport from RTHK. Heavy. Yeah. 
Good afternoon to you all and welcome to the 123 Show. I'm Noreen Mir. Thank you very much to Phil uh, for this morning's Morning Brew. Also, many thanks to Sadia. Sadia Osmani sitting in for me the past couple of days. I had responsibilities. I had to take my my little girl for her medical checkup. So sadly, I couldn't be with you. But I'm back again for the full program. Uh, just after half past one, we're talking about... But we're looking back at uh, the protests and also the city's uh, fashion state. Uh, We'll be chatting to Babette Radcliffe-Thomas just after half past one. And we hope to bring you that on Facebook Live. And after two o'clock, we'll be chatting with Jeff Rotemeyer from Impact Hong Kong. And this time he'll be talking a little bit more about the upcoming Street Cleaner Appreciation Day, which is happening tomorrow, actually. And finally, uh, we will hear about a new fellowship program from... Um, an NGO from a local NGO called Resolve Foundation. They're basically an NGO that helps other NGOs uh, in getting heard. So we'll hear more about their fellowship program with their new head of programs, uh, Sarah Fowler, and also their fellowship advisor, Ajmal Samuel. They'll be joining us after the half past two news.